0: Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates. I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. Tom McGee. Tom, thank you very much for joining me. Pleasure. So we've uh, we've been trying to, I say we as if like I've got this massive production behind the scenes, Tom. Uh, And as you know, this is just in my spare bedroom. Um, But let's pretend uh, that the podcast is big when it is. We have been trying to get you on this podcast for a while now. Finally pinned you down. So thank you for uh, coming My people needed to talk to your people, didn't (laughs) they, something like that yeah exactly um so you just said before you hit record um you have listened uh to the podcast so thank you for being one of uh one of the uh listeners i do appreciate that boosting the numbers hopefully i'll get sponsorship one day like mark and sam have got on the world class agency podcast we can yeah. uh, we can strive we can strive for that um so with uh that in mind podcasts obviously apart from this one apart from sam and mark's what well, what other podcasts are you listening to inside, outside the industry that you think other agents should be listening to if they don't already? So obviously because I'm a
1: listener I, I knew some of these questions were coming um, and I've been thinking about what I would say to uh, to some of them um, and I, I wanted to give some answers that weren't necessarily always like for example not necessarily my favourite podcast or that my go-to podcast but something that some people haven't said to give some yeah. uh, hopefully to give a little bit of value and, and and things like that. So um recently I've discovered a podcast called Captains. Uh, I don't know if you've come across it, but it's no. um uh, Sam Warburton who used to be the captain of the uh, the Wales Rugby Union team yeah. and he basically is interviewing other captains about the art of captaincy and leadership. Um it's similar in vein to I suppose the high performance podcast in terms of it's just Cool people who've achieved something in their life, who are telling you about what they've gone through to to achieve that. Um, and the term captaincy, I think, is is quite vague. So he's had Sebco on there talking about how he's ran the London Olympics under the sort of under this broad umbrella of being a captain of that, of that organization. So if you haven't listened to that, um, I definitely recommend it. It's relatively new. I think there's only maybe 15, 20 episodes. So it's an easy one to catch up on. Um, And it, you know, it, 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 this, although it's elite performers and top sportsmen and, and things like that, there's definitely stuff that you can listen to and think, oh, actually, I could apply that to what I'm doing. Um, one of the one of the takeaways I took from it was there's, um, I'm going to forget his name now, but there was a, a rugby uh, league player who played for Leeds and Bradford, Jamie Peacock, I think was his name. Yeah. Um, And he was saying when he finished playing professional sports, one of the things that amazed him was how people in business just didn't keep to their word. So they would say they would do something and then it wouldn't get done. Um, and um, in a professional sports environment, that's just not how people operate, you know. Um, and he said one of the things that he's noticed is by just saying he'll do something and then doing it, um, that's making him stand out in his his field or his,
0: his arena already, you know. So just little things like that that you can take and apply, I think. Yeah, that's, that's really, really interesting. There's so many... Um similarities isn't there between sport and business and i mm. actually uh i can't remember this must be going about half a dozen years now i went to appraise someone's property he had a phenomenal property one of the best houses i've ever been in and um went into his uh office in the house and there was like sports memorabilia everywhere and i was like bloody hell you've got more sports memorabilia stuff than i have um and i i like to collect a fair bit of it i sort of said just out of curiosity what what is it you do for a living and he was like his his um like recruitment or consultancy business that what i described as was specializing in taking ex sportsmen and putting them into businesses mm. they worked with a lot of ex-england rugby players northampton saints particularly from like area i'm from and it was fascinating hearing the stories from him about how these you know high performance athletes made great business people because of those things like when you said about uh Was it Jamie Peacock going into business and going, it's weird that people don't say what they don't do what they say they're going to do. It made me initially think of, I don't know, set pieces in football. And like you say before the game, right, you're going to mark this guy. Mm. And if you don't mark that guy and he goes and scores a free header, it's like, well, that's clearly your fault. You've got hundreds of cameras on you, whereas perhaps in the business world, it's perhaps a bit easier if you say, oh, yeah, I'm going to send that email by the end of the day. And you don't. It's like you haven't got hundred cameras on you spotting that mistake. If that makes so sense, it's more
1: on your own internal motivation to get it yeah. done rather than externally forty thousand fans in the in
0: in the stadium noticing what you've done wrong, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, interesting. And uh, I think again, we, we would have heard it numerous times from the podcast we listen mm-hmm. to in the books we've read, etc. But how many times have we heard, for example, last night you had Man City, Real Madrid, and like you know Kevin De Bruyne is just an absolute joke. Um, how good he is but he's not just doing it you know in those 90 minutes you know how much practice is going in for that game for them to then have that 90 minute performance yeah 100% you know so and I know
1: it's a bit of a cliche for people to say oh I listen to this sports podcast and you know I get my business ideas from there but I think it's also just that that little bit of inspiration isn't it sometimes to think um well if that worked for them then it might work for me as well, and and I think that's what we're all looking for, really, aren't we? When we're listening to these podcasts, or 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 reading whatever books it is, or or whatever, or being on some of these Facebook groups, you're just looking for a little bit of motivation, inspiration. Um, most of m- most of the ideas everybody knows. It's just
0: about inspiring you to do it. Sometimes, isn't it? You know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think like you just said, podcast, book, Facebook group, whatever it is i'm i'm listening to a podcast and let's say it's 30 minutes long i just i'm looking for one thing like mm. minimum is there one thing i can take from that and do something with it myself put a bit of a simon gates spin on it how can that help me how can it help my clients etc etc um so that's interesting i had not heard of that podcast so thanks for that recommendation that will definitely be uh be a listen when i'm taking the dogs for a for a walk later so yeah that's a one one thing i will let you know um so next question books i mean i know there's so many in you could answer with but with the way the market is now in terms of a bit you know all over the place buyers thinking that you know they're thinking into the future sellers are in the past you've got this gap between buyer and seller expectations what what should an the agent be reading right now to help them navigate this market so this has actually been an answer that somebody else has already given but okay. but um
1: the book that i think shapes my thinking the most about uh, state agency and business is a book called Moments of Truth yeah. by Jan Carlson. Um, it was recommended to me on a training course by Julian Odell. Yeah. um which is why i know it's an answer that somebody else has already given because i know that he he gave it as, as his answer on his episode as well and and the story is pretty simplistic it's a story about a guy who took over scandinavian airlines when it was a failing airline and turned it into within i think 18 months the most successful most profitable airline in in the world at the time um or at least one of um and his entire ethos was um Every interaction you have with a customer is a moment of truth yeah. between you and the customer and they make an, they make a decision or take an impression of your entire company based on that one interaction. So for us in a state agency, that becomes, you know, when we answer the phone, if that is an incoming valuation call who answers the phone how professionally that's done what they say whether they sound interested whether they sound like they want to get somebody off the phone because the other lines are ringing um Mm -hmm. that 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 will then have a direct impact on whether you list that house even if you don't think it will or not it doesn't matter how good your value is or how good the estate agent is in the room they've already created an impression from that first dealing with you but it's probably not even that first interaction with you it's when you deliver your leaflets if you leave their gate open they assume you're the sort of lazy person who doesn't pay attention to details if somebody looks at your right move listings and they notice spelling mistakes or you know what we would consider minor things people will extrapolate that into these guys don't run their business very well because they can't get these small details right um and it's also the moments of truth is about how you're making the customer feel every time you deal with them um so so we you know we've all got customers that we've dealt with for years but and the assumption is that they're your customer because you've sold yeah. them two or three houses but every time you deal with them it, it, it's another moment of truth and 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 if you don't live up to the standard that you've that you've given them previously or you suddenly don't seem interested in what they've got to say or you you bump into them when you're on the street but you you're in a hurry and you sort of dismiss them then th- th- that 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 they'll take an impression from that which then applies across your whole business effectively so i think you know it, it's a pretty simple pretty simple philosophy and it although it's simple it's very hard to deliver consistently all the time you know but but what we're always trying to say to the guys in and the team in the office here is is just think about how you're making somebody feel when you're dealing with them every single time you're dealing with them whether that be a vendor on evaluation or a potential vendor on evaluation whether it be a tenant on a viewing whether it be somebody who's just ringing in off a board inquiry you know you've got to start thinking about um
0: you know the, the interaction and why that can lead basically yeah no i, I love that and uh it hasn't surprised me that you said moments of truth and uh i read that book off the back of a recommendation of julian mm. probably yeah a decade ago and um it's a, it's actually an easy read it's quite mm. quick as well and uh there's something that i've uh, become familiar with recently i don't know if you've read about this the lindy effect oh N-I-N-D-Y. i don't think so so mm. the lindy effect is so part of it i don't agree with but the lindy effect is basically the longer something's been around for the likelier it is to stay being around and okay. i think moments of truth is a great example because that book is older than i am mm. yet it's still out there it's still being sold it's still being talked about because uh the advice given in it is is timeless mm. um and i don't know if it's in moments of truth or not and you will be able to tell me if it if it isn't but uh in terms of the airlines where there was Pete, and I might say this on podcast before, but there's people moaning about uh, how long it takes to get their luggage once they're off the plane. So the airline went, well, let's move the baggage bit to the other end of the terminal so yeah. that they're not moaning because they're walking to it. By the time they walk to it, it's there. Was that from yeah. of truth, I, I don't know it? if it's from there, but I've definitely heard that story yeah. before. And it's, um, yeah. it's so simple, isn't it? Um, it's a bit like Disney. Julian O'Dell talks about mm-hmm. Disney and, and, and the way that they do service as well. And like, again, under promise, over deliver, where you know it says 30 minute queue but actually you're at the ride in 20 minutes mm. so you're like oh my god it's amazing it, it actually happened a lot sooner uh than i thought it would so yeah. yeah strong strong book recommendation so anyone who hasn't read it you will look at it online and go oh my god that looks ancient uh but tom and i promise you it's, it's definitely worth yeah, a read, well listen. worth a read great great, great bits in there cool and uh in terms of the facebook groups there's, there's plenty of them out there and i know that you are. Uh, yeah, uh, you're involved in in a lot of them. For for any agents listening that perhaps don't know about these these Facebook groups, what what are one or two you'd you'd recommend they go and join and, and and get themselves involved in? So I mean, I suppose that the the truth of the groups is each group is
1: servicing a different audience. It's been set up by different people to 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 service different audiences, and, and I think you will get different things from those yeah. those groups on that basis. For me. The two that I get the most quality, uh, both interaction from, I think, but also quality information from are John Paul's agency growth strategies. I think as a a business owner, the discussions that are being had in that group are at a different level to some of the other groups. It's less sort of um, what about this law or what should I do about this deposit? And it is more... um, questions potentially about acquisitions or potentially about um just sort of how you might manage your team and and you know how people structure um commission and bonus and things like that which is which is just different than you're getting in some of those other groups um, and i think the the other group that i think um deserves a, a big shout out is probably christopher watkins landlord yeah. and vendor farming group yeah. um uh, i have never paid chris a penny and have had so much value from the stuff that he is, much like yourself in fairness, Simon, putting out for free constantly, yeah. um, you know, in terms of ideas, different options. Uh, I know he gets a bit of a stick sometimes as the, <laughs> the clickbait king, yeah. um, but 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 there is definitely, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely gold in that group constantly. Uh, and, you know, if you didn't do anything, but
0: tried a few of his ideas every now and again, you, you'd probably get somewhere, wouldn't you, you know? Yeah. 100% I think he like he is the epitome of consistency like mm. yes the clickbait king uh, etc and, and some of the stuff he puts out people don't agree with but he's mm. cool with that he's like I'm happy to have an, an open discussion about it uh, which which I really admire from him and yeah he, he is incredibly consistent so yeah if anyone's not uh, in that group go check it out It's lots of value to be had and the thing with JP's group what I love about um, I mean there's various things I love about the, the group but the thing for me, and it's so simple, yet I think so effective, and I think you you, you comment on this thread uh, frequently, is just Saturday shares, where, like you said, you've got similar-minded mind, people, business owners, on a Saturday, and JP goes, right, this has been my week. How's everyone getting on? And you're seeing from different people of all different shapes and sizes up and down the country, saying what's going on, so people don't feel alone, uh, which yeah. I think is very important. I think that's a massive thing. Where, you know... um,
1: When the sort of the Facebook forums started to develop for estate agencies, what it it became clear was there's a lot of people who are just craving that little bit of, um, I don't know what the right word is, friendship, companionship, whatever it may be, because although you've got your sort of, you know, your family and friends outside of the work situation, I think unless you've worked in a state agency and I'm sure every industry says it about their own industry, nobody really understands some of the pressures that you're under as an estate agent. And then obviously you can sort of throw into there, the sort of the aspects of business ownership and there might be things that you're worried about that you don't want to share with your team and, and you know, or, or just options that you want to discuss. And I think that, you know, for, for a couple of years, that's where those groups sort of really, really thrived and came into their own and gate, you know, created a, a, a group of agents that are connected. I know <clears throat> I saw something Matt Baldock put on uh, online a while ago when he said he'd gone to one of his first face-to-face um, networking events post-COVID, and he met people, um, and uh, he wasn't networking with strangers. He was meeting friends, even yeah. though he was meeting them for the first time, um, um, and you know I, I definitely think that that's that that that's that's definitely how I feel about things. I've been to a few face-to-face things and you're not walking into a group of people and not knowing them, you know, these are people that you've been interacting with for for years that you've been sharing best practice with that you've just been having a laugh and a joke with sometimes, you know, and uh, realizing that you're not on your own and and 99% of what you're going through. Somebody's either going through at the same time or has been through it and give you some advice
0: about, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think the particularly last bit you've just said there (laughs) can be related very nicely to, and estate agents like outbound social media, so what the public is seeing. So mm. when Simon Gates goes to meet Tom McGee, the homeowner, and you're like, "Oh, I've you know I've seen you online. I see the way kind of you handle things, the way you talk. I feel like I already know you." Mm. Like the, I don't think it's it's no coincidence that the estate agents who seem to do very very well are active on social media um, and sharing experiences because Mm. a stat's just come out um, the other day. uh, And at the moment, the majority of homeowners who've got their house in the market have lived in their home for over 10 years. Mm. Um, And it's like a third of them have lived there for 20 plus years. They might think they've moved three or four times themselves in their adult lives. They think they know what they're doing. But if they haven't moved for a quarter of a century, You know, do they even know what an EPC is? Um and and do they actually know how long it's taken to sell a property? Because I mean, let's be honest, if they're not moved for twenty years,
1: right move didn't exist when they moved last. So the entire process was completely different, you know. Um, and and it's frightening how much it changes. We were looking at some old property details that we did not that long ago that were taken on a um what we thought was a decent camera at the time, but it was just you know a, a sort of a digital camera. The, the 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 at best you had one third of the room in each shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, because of the um of the the sort of the width of the camera lens. Um, they, some of them were a bit blurry. Um, you know they just weren't. You know they they when we look at what we're doing now, and these were. 10 years ago they weren't 25 years ago you know these were the 10 years ago and you look at the sort of the jump forward in estate agency marketing and you know what we're a sort of a a mid to low end area so we are not doing ian story style productions and and you know and staging properties and having twilight shoots but but even for a sort of um an agent in our level of the market The standard that's improved you know we're doing a walkthrough video for every single listing that we do we've got um you know really good quality photography
0: just stuff that would that if you'd suggested it 10 years ago you'd have thought you were crazy you know yeah you've reminded me there of um something tony ruby said when he was on the Mm. podcast and i'm going to get it terribly wrong Mm. but he said he's like the every everyday man's night frank or savills or something Mm. um because he said i'm not selling massive luxurious homes but i still want to give it decent marketing and when you were saying what you said I was thinking yeah a decade ago I was looking at the photos we were taking the floor plans and thinking god they're amazing mm. um but actually I've had this conversation with um with other agents local to me a decade on everyone else is but mar- well, I say everyone else a lot of other agents marketing has massively caught up to what seemed to be way ahead uh, a decade mm. ago so it's interesting that you've got to keep going with the times and just from the point you've said there you've mentioned kind of camera so tech what's what's a piece of tech um mobile phone app chrome extension something that that you use that that's been beneficial to you hmm
1: so um let me have a think about this so what 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 do we use I, I, again i don't want to give the answer that 99% of people have said on this but i do use a, a particular uh, software to send my uh, targeted letters out um so i'll shout out home search but but i think if there's uh what else, what else are we using at the moment um i mean we we've used doctor photo in the past which you know we've always we've been really happy with but we don't we we don't use that on every single um property um to be fair we are um using the sprift uh uh, buyer guides a lot we sort of put a a qr code on our on our brochures now so that we can link to those um which we've had good feedback from as well um uh, but but we've probably that if i'm honest that's probably an area of weakness for us at the moment there's probably things that we could do that we're not doing um and that we're sort of um not not still completely old school but that we haven't quite embraced every single sort of technological advantage um that's out there to us at the moment
0: that there, there yeah. is there's so much out there mm-hmm. though and you I, I i kind of look at you tom as someone who's mm-hmm. got your finger on the pulse in the industry you you know what's going on you're active in the group mm-hmm. so what advice can you give to anyone listening like because there is a lot of noise out there from the prop tech world having worked in it myself for for a few years and, and there's a lot of it that's very valuable but how how does a decision maker in a business decide on reading, responding to that email or taking that phone call? So I think in the past, what what I've done is, is had a bit of shiny penny syndrome
1: and gone, oh, look yeah. at this, this looks cool and, and things yeah. like, you know, and, and um, you know, been sort of attracted by that or even, you know, as embarrassing as it sounds, seeing that some estate agents that I look up to use a particular piece of software and gone or a particular piece of tech and gone, oh, well, you know, if, if it's good enough for Michelle Gallagher, it's good enough for me and sort of gone away and, and researched it. But but now what we're actually trying to do is is sort of look at actually, well, what's our proposition to our customers? what how you know how do we uh, you know um what journey do we want to take them on and and how do we want to make them feel and what tech supports that um and so if we get you know so there's stuff that i look at and think oh yeah that's great but it doesn't really fit in with what we want to do at the moment so i might sort of bookmark that and think well that's something for next year when we revisit it and and see if we we can um add you know sort of layers to it um i heard on um a podcast um a while ago um and i don't know whether it was an interview with pete wilkinson himself um or whether it was asset and vicky from location location but but um Asad and vicky um use uh, a guy called pete wilkinson I don't yeah know. yeah yeah he um uh, yeah he he sort of got this this idea of a, a one-page business plan which is a one three five business plan so one annual priority uh, three sort of main goals, and then five five things each e- e- that, that are going to c- contribute towards those three goals, if you like. Um, and o- on that podcast, they were talking about going through everything they do, um, and I might get the terminology wrong, but I think it was um, a gap it or o gap it, and it was basically saying you know um, things were sort of uh, either um, poor, average, great, yeah. or outstanding, and you basically would go through everything you do within a business and rank it and then you take the stuff that is poor and 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 work on it until it was average and then hopefully you'd get to a situation where everything was average uh, or better than hopefully and then you would take the average stuff and work on it till it was great and you just basically go through and raise things and raise things. so what you know what, what we're doing at the moment is going well look rather than give some um Uh, some service to some clients that is amazing and some service to some clients that is okay and some service to some clients that isn't as good we want to make sure that we're giving a consistent level of service to everybody so we're looking at systems and processes and and ways of doing things that we can that we can replicate over and over and over and again and what we're really really trying to do is embed those within the agency and then go right how do we go from giving a consistently Good service to everyone, to a consistently great service to everyone, yeah. and and then hopefully moving from there to a consistently excellent, to a consistently world class service. You know, and um, and I think you think that's where you can start looking at. Well, um, we're you know we're happy with what we're doing at the moment. How do we improve it? And the first step is: is there any tech that can improve that? Then is that do we need to add a person to improve this process or to improve the the the, the client's journey you know um so you know that, that as an you know to, to link back to the question that you asked me as an agency owner if somebody was asking my advice i'd be very much saying well what do you want to do and does that tech
0: help with that and if it doesn't then it's a nice to have rather than a must have yeah no, yeah great language yeah, at the end nice to have or, or a must have um and and i like what you said again about the How it benefits kind of the customer or the client. I remember in my home search days when an estate agent would kind of go, well, what does home search do for me? Mm -hmm. And part of it would be, well, actually, it's what it can do for your potential client. And they'll go, what the hell are you talking about? And I go, well, are your clients or potential clients currently saying to you, we can't find a house to buy. Therefore, we're not going to stick our house in the market. And they went, yeah, I'm getting fed up of hearing it. Okay, so this piece of tech can help you perhaps go and identify those homes, but not mm. the market. And they're like, mm. uh, okay, I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying." When an agent would go, "I don't really care, is it going to make me money?" I'm like, "I don't think it's the right fit. Mm. Um, like that's it's not going to be the right fit for you." But the agents who appreciate that if they look after their customers and clients, obviously it will it will come back and uh, and and help them as well. So they're yeah, really interesting uh, uh, points that you made there. So you've mentioned quite a few people um jp chris watkin uh vicky nasad um various others is there anyone you'd recommend that agents should look at outside of the industry but you've you sort of follow uh, you know social media wise or webinars or, or stuff
1: mm, so again um I don't want to say James Clear's email because everybody <laughs> says James Clear's email. Although if you don't subscribe to James Clear's email, you 100% should be. Um, and if anyone wants to subscribe, drop me a message and I'll send you the link and then I can get into the uh, the top secret email club that's, uh, that Simon's a member of. Um, I, I um, get Seth Godin's email and yeah. I don't read it as often as I should do because it comes through every day and, and sometimes I just sort of miss it. Um, but But Seth Godin's email is usually... A paragraph Um, but if you actually take the time to think about it and think you know it's probably it's free and it's probably some of the best value content out there 100 percent and then the other email that I get daily which isn't necessarily work related but I find that the stuff that I take from it definitely applies to leading a team as well is the daily dad email um, which is um an offshoot of the daily stoic email so it's the it's Ryan holiday um and it's specifically although it's called the daily dad it's about being a parent um and i get that and i again don't read it every day but i try and read it every day um and and basically um if you actually take the time to think about it, um, it, it, it you know the, there's huge amount of lessons in there about just you know how to how to lead people and 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 set an example to your team at work as well as as well as being a parent. So that's definitely worth signing up to if you, you know, if you especially if you've got kids,
0: but even if you don't. Nice. Uh, just uh just to follow on from what you've said there, I'm going to chuck a couple of emails <laughs> into the mix. I don't know if you if you subscribe or not. Uh, there's one called the knowledge. Uh, which is a, yeah. a daily email. And um, again, there's some great stuff in there. It's the quotes at the end. are usually the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the best bit, aren't they? Yeah. The Quite. Yeah. The quotes are really good, but there's just some interesting stuff in there. And again, I, I take stuff from, I read it. And I go, that's interesting. I can, I can do something on that. So it's creating uh, content for me and then content for agents. So the knowledge, and then again, just on the theme of it, it doesn't have to always be work related. You've got to, um, have some fun, uh, mm-hmm. as, as well. Um, I think, uh, actually shout out to, uh, Ben Madden. I watched a video he'd posted, I think in JP's group or, or Chris Watkins group the other day. Uh, and he'd said about, I think his wife had said she'd had a really crap week at work or something. And they found that actually just watching something funny on TV could help mm. them, you know, release, release that stress. So I subscribe to an email, I think it's called the Upshot uh and it's like a funny sport email that i think i get once or twice a week and it's some of like really random obscure stories about sports people over the years um and it just yeah makes me laugh um so again if you're having a, a stressful time in your in your work environment it's good to just have something a bit you know i'm in i i'm in a, a
1: whatsapp group which is uh, run by jerry lyons as part of his sort of um uh, his network and um one of the things i said the other day is actually some I've talked to my wife about it as well. And I was saying, you know, sometimes you can get so obsessed with, oh, I'm in the car, I've got a 20-minute commute, so I'm going to listen to this podcast now. And sometimes it's nice just to put a bit of music on or, you know, yeah. when, when, you know, you, you sort of, you're at home and maybe you, you're on your own and, uh, again, you think, oh, I could get on YouTube and watch a, an educational video. And actually, rather than doing that, you say to yourself, well, well what I'll do is I'll
0: just veg in front of the TV. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Give give yourself permission to do it. I think that we're, and I can be guilty of this, I think we're, the world that we live in these days, it's that comparison thing. And you're seeing people put their their best days on social media and, oh, I've got up at 5am or I've read this book or I've listened to this podcast. And it's like, actually, no, like, there's nothing wrong with binge watching a Netflix series mm. <laughs> uh, and, and, and enjoying that. So no, I d- definitely think uh, that's valuable. So we're coming towards... End of the podcast, Tom, and um I'm sure you've got a, an answer uh <laughs> ready for for this one that's coming. So you're 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 getting out of the northwest, you're coming down south, you get off at the M1 services at Sunny Newport pagnell and you start in an estate agent from scratch, nobody knows who you are. Blank check. What are you doing? What are the first few things you're doing to to get brand awareness and get some listings? So
1: obviously again like like the, the book of the podcast question i i knew this was coming and i had been giving it some thought um and it, it's really interesting actually so um simon alluded to this at the beginning of the conversation but we should have done this talk a couple of weeks ago so i've actually been thinking about it for a while um and what it made me realize is that that too much of our estate agency currently is focused on um trying to generate new business right um and so you know we're sort of we have prospecting sessions where we're ringing out to try and generate new business or we're sending out targeted letters or we're doing whatever it may be. Um, but the the best form of prospecting is incredible service to the business that you have actually, I think. So yeah. I, I think what, what I would do um, is um, first of all, um, I would probably join a couple of the local Facebook groups and post that I was a new estate agent. And if I didn't have any houses to sell, I would then say, and therefore what I'm happy to do free of charge is help anyone who's looking to buy. Um, and I would focus on giving buyers incredible service Um, because some of those buyers will have a house to sell. Yeah. Um, and just by being helpful to them, you'll put yourself in the mix of being able to do that. Um, and I think that... um buyers are definitely the underserved element of our market at the moment um so obviously you know there's things that you can do in terms of targeted letters campaigns on behalf of the buyers but i just think as well just sort of listening to them giving them advice helping them with the search discussing negotiation tactics um uh, when they are offering on something that you're not selling would would um, get your name out there massively um but i think also that then led me to think because obviously the wider point of this conversation is what can you do to be a better estate agent, I suppose? And and, and that then led me to think about how we operate in, in our agency. Um, and again, it, it links back to what we said before is about sort of saying, well, if we want to grow, probably the easiest way to do is give amazing service to the 40 properties that are on the market at the moment. Um, I had a conversation with one of my business partners the other day. We've got effectively 40 sold properties in our pipeline and we have 40 for sale properties. So the easiest way to, to double our pipeline is to sell the houses we've already got on the market you know we can talk about oh well if we if we can do this marketing tactic and that can get us out to 15 percent more listings each month and then if we can tweak the valuation process and that will then get us out to x percent you know it, we will list a higher percentage and so in 12 months time we might have a uh you know a, a pipeline that's double what we have now but if we just sold everything we had we'd double our pipeline overnight now obviously i appreciate that's not a sustainable way way to operate but the reality is sometimes the business is there in front of you and and especially and i know this is coming across how would i how would i how would i conquer New newport Pagnall, but um we've been operating as an estate estate agency under various forms from this office since 2006. So we sometimes talk about Facebook adverts to, uh, you you know, so we do a lead magnet to generate more, more names and numbers so that we can prospect those names and numbers. And then we think, well, we're a high volume agency. We probably complete on somewhere between in a bad year, 160, 170 sales, and in a good year up to 240. And we have done for 15 years. So, we don't need to ever advertise. If we just, just started to systematically keep in touch with those sales when we complete and then work back through the ones that we haven't kept in touch, touch with to, to make contact again, we've got enough business there to keep us going forever um but but it's again that shiny penny of well i don't want to focus on those people i want new people or i want people who are ready to list now rather than have to keep in touch with somebody for three to five years in order to get that listing and um
0: it's about changing the way we think about things a little bit i think yeah i absolutely love that i was just um when you said what you were saying i was like frantically typing on my calculator mm. thinking well if you did roughly speaking over 17 years 200 sales mm. on average Mm. um obviously buyer each side seller each side mm. you, you're at the best part of seven thousand contacts if there was if yeah. there was no repeat business in there and i'm sure there is a bit uh, mm. a, a bit of repeat business mm. but again i think every piece of marketing that is done is really to get the contact details and the property address of everyone in your market yeah yeah and you've already got se- potentially several yeah. thousand sat there and like you said yeah actually go and speak to them and deliver a world-class service it's interesting what you said about the the 50 50 split in your sold pipeline to for sale mm. because i'm seeing in the market at the moment that around about 40 percent of properties on the market are showing as under offer sold 60 mm. percent remain unsold and if you went back a year ago you just flipped that Around yeah, was sixty well, percent showing was under probably rocket twelve rocket. months ago. We were
1: seventy-five percent sold, twenty-five percent available. Just because of how quickly stuff was selling yeah. and, and and how slowly things were were taken to go from sold to completed, I think is probably the reality as much as anything else. So there's definitely been a change in the market from that point. But but you, you you're quite right. I mean, you know, we've got a core area of twenty-one thousand houses, and I probably could tell you with a bit of effort well maybe not tell you but find out from our system the names and telephone numbers of at least eight thousand owners in the in that area and and it's about doing something more with those people rather than try and find new
0: people all the time yeah and as it Mm. so let's just say in in sort of Mm. the last 15 years probably about three percent of properties transact Mm. every year so you're looking Mm. at about 600 650 transactions in that yeah on average yeah average Mm -hmm. so again it's like okay we'll work reverse engineering things right Mm -hmm. so any new agents or newer into an area is okay for 650 transactions in an area let's work that backwards what percentage of that do we think we can go get how many letters do we need to send how many doors do we need to knock what fees do we need to charge Mm -hmm. to earn the money that Mm -hmm. we want to um Mm -hmm. good stuff right last question uh of the podcast so you could end it on an absolute high tom or everything you've said could just be like worthless because people <laughs> remember this last one so make it good um what's the best piece of advice you think you've ever been given in your estate agency career so this isn't from my estate agency career but um okay. when i was
1: uh 10 years old i had the misfortune of working with my granddad for a weekend okay. uh, <laughs> and my, my granddad at the time must have been God, he must have been 70, 70, 75. Um, we were flagging a driveway, me and him. Uh, he was a what they call an Irish navvy, an Irish construction worker all his life. Um, and um, I was basically assisting him. I think my mum and dad must have been busy, and he was babysitting me. Um, and uh, at one stage, I had to sweep the sand up or the cement or whatever it was that we were doing. Um, and uh, it, it's hard on a, a audio media, but I had. Um, one hand on the broom and was just sort of walking along, sort of half sweeping. Um, and I got the bollocking of my life from him. Um, and he basically said, if you are doing, any, in the context of this, uh, he said, you know, you should always sweep with two hands on the broom, which again, difficult in a, an audio medium, but, yeah. but basically he's saying, put your back into it. Um, and then when he spoke to me about it further, he said, it doesn't matter what you are doing. If you are doing it, you do it right? Um, And, you know, he said, it doesn't matter who you're doing it for. It doesn't matter whether it's the end of the day or the beginning of the day. You you, you do a job right or you don't do it at all. And I I haven't always followed that advice. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but I try and remember it as much as, uh, you know, as, as as much as I can. And I always think to myself, you know, when I'm half arsed in a, a prospecting session or, you know, not not quite doing doing something the way it should be, I always think to myself, you know, remember two hands on the broom um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, ultimately that's what it's about, isn't it? If you're going to do it, put some effort into it and try and do it to a high standard
0: i absolutely love that um uh yeah two hands on the broom i think i'm gonna have that like written in my book i might even get a tattoo saying it so that, you know, <laughs> make sure i don't do things yeah. by half measure so no what a great great way to end the podcast you, you didn't uh you didn't disappoint tom at the end uh to bring it all together so look thank you uh very much for being an amazing guest and uh, i'm really pleased to finally got you on so thank you very much yeah thank you